Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. And we are the Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this installment, we will be discussing Kamen Rider episodes 22 and 23. Monstrous Merman Amazonia, Kai Kyojin Amazonia. Shocker's newest monster is capturing swimmers training for the next Olympic Games. Hello, Travis. So, just to let you and everybody else know, I feel like I need to change my stage name now for the podcast. I am now Flame Ferret. <laughs> I mean, you've declared me a ferret on the Twitter, so I have to embrace this now. I so have declared is- you a ferret on Twitter, on our private messages, on Facebook, yes. everywhere where I have you listed, you are listed as a ferret. <laughs> Yes, apparently a ferret is my spirit animal, so I've decided that that is my shocker kaijin name now. I am Flame Ferret. Either that or I'm a boss in a Mega Man X game, one or the other. (laughs) Well, Flame Ferret would have a very hard time with our monster this week since it is all water-based. Yeah, what have you been noticing that we've been having a lot of water-based kaijin for a while? (laughs) Yes, we have. I have noticed that. We've also been having a lot of, I think even more episodes, about the writer crew going on vacation. Do these people do anything anymore? (laughs) Do they go on vacation? Yeah, I don't think they do very much besides just go and hang out at different places. Now, in their defense, writer girls in bikinis, I'm not complaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're good for yeah. one thing, and we get it in droves at the beginning of our first episode today. <laughs> so, yeah, so this episode, we've already talked about what the what the plot breakdown is, but swimmers from all across the, the country of Japan are getting kidnapped while swimming in the water by an evil creature known as Amazonia, who is the shocker's newest monster. And he's capturing them because the subtitles can't agree. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We talked about it uh, off pod, but I have switched to, instead of watching this on the Tubi version to watching fan subs, which are, you know, not technically, you know, they're not the official release, but I have found that the fan subs are way better than the actual official, quote unquote, official subtitles for this found on Tubi. So listeners, make of that what you will. <laughs> uh, well, let's just say I know kind of what you're talking about because I got a couple of the newest 
Ultraman releases from Mill Creek, and let's just say I am very much considering writing a letter to Mill Creek and saying, hi, I'm a fan and a professional writer. Let me edit your subtitles <laughs> and your back yeah. cover copy for all of these releases while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't understand what's going on with these releases, but uh, they're not great. So explain to me why Shocker is kidnapping swimmers. Probably because they want very fit specimens to be their useless shocker goons. That's the only thing I can think of. By the way, I did look it up. If this is 1971, the next Olympics, the next Summer Olympics was 1972 in Munich, Germany. So that's what they're training for, assuming that that is Ah, accurate. But yeah, that's the only reason, uh, that's the only thing I can think of, because that fits shocker's pattern so far. They like kidnapping athletes and making them into kaijin right because they want like the the best human specimens to to make into their cyborg mutant monsters yes even though it doesn't always seem to work out well for them (laughs) (laughs) that's putting it politely (laughs) yeah so uh so yeah so hayato decides to step in when he figures out that shocker is behind all of this he's going to rescue this one swimmer who was kidnapped because it's the only swimmer that was kidnapped who has a little sister for them to (laughs) sympathize with once again we're using the trope of the seeming adult with the much younger younger sibling except this time it's a big brother and a little sister so that's different at least yeah, I also really like in this one that the, the the they're able to rescue this swimmer because it takes like 24 hours to transform him into a cyborg or a monster, a kaijin, whereas what just a couple of episodes ago, we saw someone just instantly transform like in, in the blink of an eye. Uh, yeah, well. Basically, this show operates under the what would be the most dramatic right now logic. Right. There's no consistency. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. (laughs) I mean, uh, they're not even being, uh, unless I'm just not hearing everything, they're not even being 100% consistent with the word kaijin, because now I'm seeing kaijin, it used to be, it was being translated cyborg, now it's getting translated whatever they need it to mean, it seems like, in these episodes. Tell me how the fan subs are. But they were tra- they were get- on Tubi and Shout Factory. They were subtitling Kaijin as Sea Monster. I Actually, I don't think they even translate it. I think they keep, in the fan subs, I think they just keep it as Kaijin. You know what? That's probably the easiest way to do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like... It- Kaijin, because it, it, it just seems to be a catch-all term when it comes to the, the translations of it. Basically, I mean, at this point, kaiju was a loan word in English. I had a listener for the film fault right. actually write in and, that, and tell me that. I was like, oh, really? That's new? <laughs> I was unaware of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why there's such a debate over whether kaiju... What or what kaiju is defined as because it's a word that we that that has now become part of the English you know dictionary has become part of the English lexicon, but 
is also has a slightly different translation in the original mother tongue. So it's like, eh, how how do we want to define it? <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, we do, we've been doing a terrible job starting that running joke on this show where we debate what is a kaijin. <laughs> Yeah, nah, nah. We're 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 not going to debate because it, it the show the show doesn't even make up its own mind on what yeah, is a kaiju. Yeah, because, so uh, so yeah. it's hard for us to debate. Yeah, because uh, this week the bargain basement shocker ape sapien is a kaiju. I mean kaijin. Excuse me. See, I'm getting it screwed up now. A kaijin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what did you think of Amazonia's design? Eh, it's okay. <laughs> I've seen fish men. He's before. very vibrant. He is. He's got it's not quite as gaudy as Bee Woman. It's hard to be as gaudy as Bee Woman. <laughs> I'm gonna keep going back to that for like ever on this show. I'm just gonna keep going back to it. It's not as gaudy as Bee Woman. That should be that should be our running joke. It's not as gaudy as Bee Woman. But <laughs> but yeah. But he does have like purple and orange and like a lot of bright colors in his design mixed with like the gray skin of a i guess he's supposed to be a piranha maybe but he also has finger missiles yeah yeah and as we know piranhas don't typically have that yeah typically yeah but he has finger missiles before Mechagodzilla. So he's like the finger missile hipster. <laughs> I was doing finger missiles before it was cool Mechagodzilla. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about in this episode, my favorite, this, this episode has my favorite fight scene probably since the original 13 episodes, since, since a Hayato has taken over as common writer. This has been my favorite fight scene. And that is when he fights off the shocker goons in his civilian clothes and doesn't actually transform into common writer right away. <laughs> that tells you how seriously he takes the shocker goons right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I actually like that. I like seeing Hayato. Well, I like seeing any of the common writers like show that they can handle things on their own without always defaulting into their superhero mode like mm-hmm. i like i like that and, like and so that you the, get that in this yeah kind of like how the power rangers would fight the putties without morphing right yeah it's always fun it's always fun whenever you get the civilian you know heroes and and them fighting the bad guys it also has a really really fantastic moment where hayato captures a dagger that was thrown at him <laughs> It's like the boomerang. And then throws it back. (laughs) Yeah, it's the boomerang. Throws it back. (laughs) But doesn't throw it back at the guy who threw it. He throws it at another one of the shocker goons who's up in a tree. (laughs) (laughs) And hits him and the guy falls out of the tree. It is such a funny, silly moment for being a scene of a guy getting stabbed through the chest. It is such a silly moment. It is. <laughs> I also like how it led into the fight on the bridge because he actually fights off a lot of these uh, the shocker goons on a, a pedestrian type rope bridge. Mm-hmm. Looks like mm-hmm. I was getting uh, some... that's a real that was a real fun scene. It was. I was getting some very distinct Temple of Doom vibes there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh man, if he had cut one end of it and it just swung down, and you know. <laughs> 
that yeah. would have been but really you know, cool. But Travis, but, you know what that requires? Uh, budget. <laughs> budget. Exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say, but probably this is an actual like thing that exists for people to use that they're filming on. They're just yeah. you know, like filming for the day, and they can't exactly destroy it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you. Toei had some amazing location scouts. Uh, just saying. Yeah. They had, uh, there are some yeah. amazing locations in Kamen Rider. <laughs> and this is. There are. There are. Once one. they get past the quarries, they get really, <laughs> really fun locations. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, they, uh, they hired some new location scouts and they said, quit t- sending us to quarries. Dang it. Here's a little extra money. <laughs> Go find cooler places to film. <laughs> right, exactly. What, what uh what's some other things that you liked from this episode? Oh, did you uh this is another running uh, not gag, but just a running feature of the show, but this week we had a shocker dummy. <laughs> Oh yes, because <laughs> yes, one we guy because one guy gets thrown off the bridge, and I'm like, that's a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. More stuffed dummy figures being thrown from high places. I, I just love it. I love it. It's so it's so funny. Yep, yep. Uh, and as usual, you gotta love those unnecessary backflips. I mean, it's just. It is a feature of Toku Hero Shows, the unnecessary backflips. They will never not be cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Doesn't of matter course. which hero does it, they will always be cool. But uh, you know what I think is interesting about Amazonium? He has a superpower we haven't talked about yet. He has the ability to magically grow flippers underwater. Or at least maybe I just didn't yes. notice that he had flippers before. No, I, I'm pretty sure he had regular feet on land and then flippers. But we also have to talk about the fact that Common Rider seems to have the same power. Yeah, he does. He magically has flippers when he jumps into water. Yeah, which which is okay. He's not. He is the, now trying to compete is, with Ultraman for Toku Hero, who can invent a convenient superpower. Yeah. <laughs> When he needs suspension it. of disbelief set aside i actually like that there was more water fight scenes in this because we've had like you said we've had water-based monsters show up in the show and we've had them fighting on like waterfalls and in rivers you know shallow rivers and stuff we've not had actual full-on in the water fight scenes and this was the first time we've had that and it was actually really good. Like they, like they, they felt like they were actually fighting and actually punching each other in the water, which is really difficult because the mm-hmm. amount of resistance in water makes it very hard. I was thinking when I was watching this, like we have heard so many horror stories as fans of kaiju films of the actors who were in the kaiju suits, like the Godzilla suits and stuff, nearly drowning because the the weight of the suit once it gets wet kind of prevents them from being able to pull themselves out of the water and then i'm just seeing these two guys in thick rubber suits fighting and wrestling and stuff in deep you know pretty deep water i mean they're it's like you know what chest high water and that's i'm just like man i've heard so many horror stories and they're really putting themselves in the line for this (laughs) 
They are, although it also has the classic problem that happens with these, which is when the camera's underwater showing you stuff, it's a heck of a lot deeper than when it's above water. <laughs> true yeah yeah because it's like what are they standing on they're just kind of floating it reminds me of the at when when the scene from uh godzilla king of the monsters yeah. and godzilla's uh you know there and then and there's all these memes online of what's happening under the water yeah, what he's my favorite on. one was that <laughs> yeah my favorite one is that godzilla's atomic breath goes the other direction too and so he's just like farting out atomic <laughs> rays that's keeping him above the water <laughs> my, uh, my personal favorite one was that he is standing on the backs of every godzilla before him <laughs> so, yeah so it's like all the japanese godzillas sense. all stacked on top of each other <laughs> except you can't yeah. do that here because yeah. he's the first co well no he's the second common rider but we all know hongo's not that tall so <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is it is neat though from a technical standpoint because we, we do talk about how like okay Toei doesn't have a lot of budget this this show is not a big budget but shooting in the water is not necessarily a cheap endeavor no. so this episode was probably one of the more expensive ones up to this point to shoot because shooting in the water being able to waterproof those suits having separate mm -hmm. suits that you could shoot dry and also underwater and all of that like that takes up a good bit of budget so mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I think we need to stop saying that this is a low budget show and start giving them credit for oh. using the budget in a very creative way i think this is the point where the show is starting to get popular enough that the studio is giving them a wee bit more money yeah it does feel like that. It does feel like they are getting, well, this episode feels like that. Next episode, uh, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about when we get to yes. it. But but we'll this episode, it, it does feel like that. Yes. So just going through a couple more of my notes here. We have Hayato doing a pinky swear with our common Kenny for the week. Well, one of them. <laughs> the, the little pigtail girl who's like, find my brother, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote, pinky swear, <laughs> the most serious of oaths. Yes. <laughs> Common Rider will never break a pinky swear. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and then this, the next one I have, this was actually in contention for my, the Common Acho Award this week. But I ended up picking something else. And there's this line where it says, you, are you with Shocker? And my note for that one was, such an odd question. Like he tell you, oh, wait, this is shocker. They would, with their fists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always love the, the whenever they question it. You know, we had a couple, was it last episode that they ask when when Tachibana is is disguised as the old man and they're they're like you know about shocker yeah, and i said yeah it's, like, it's always everybody... it's always <laughs> they're the worst doesn't everybody at this point <laughs> yeah. at this point everyone knows who shocker is yeah yeah and uh, did you notice that the i don't want to call it's not the mouth but the the chin portion of the common rider helmet did you notice it was starting to move a little bit in some shots <laughs> When the actor was no, talking. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it wiggled a little bit because it's probably bumping against his chin. It was like, you know what? It's too bad you could make that move a little bit more often. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then we uh, we huh. have a... I did a, not notice that. Yeah, and then we have a slight variation of what, for a while, for at least a couple episodes, was kind of the kaijin catchphrase, you know, Ryder, die. Now it's just, die, Ryder. Oh, no. Not quite as cool as... Die, Ryder. Yeah, it's not quite as cool as the other one. Yeah. Now, let's talk about one of our climactic fight scenes in this episode. I actually thought it was pretty clever. So KR2 raids the shocker base, and what do they do? They lower the oxygen levels. And I thought, oh, Right, because they are underwater. The, the, whole, the whole base is underwater. That entire shocker base, I think they did a great job. I don't know if it's... It doesn't look like it's a carryover from some of the previous ones. It looks like one that was kind of built fairly recent. So I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's the same set they used in previous episodes. But the set looks really good. Like, they, they did a really good job building that set. And yes, you're right. That was a clever moment. I, I keep talking about... We make jokes about shocker, but... It feels like Shocker, their plans have been getting more and more sophisticated and more and more smart. I, I mean, I just, yeah, they're, they're just more intelligent with the mm -hmm. way that they're going about their plans. And I thought that was really good. Of They captured Taki. They captured Taki's friend, who was a scientist who was helping him find <laughs> where yeah, the and one of the writer girls people was... disappeared to. I don't know what... Yeah. And one of the writer girls was kind of jealous. I'm like, you got a thing for Taki or something? <laughs> but that's not ignore the fact that Taki is married. That is because true. that I was the episode. About that's that where part. he was introduced. <laughs> yeah, that makes it even weirder. What the heck, writer girls? Anyway, mm, yeah. I think the show has forgotten that he's married. <laughs> <laughs> continuity well we'll know there's a problem if suddenly he's like i have a new girlfriend i'm like or he starts dating one of the writer girls like hold on buddy <laughs> You're like did shocker kill his wife what <laughs> happened to her <laughs> killed his wife off screen or something and then speaking of the older brother i love how when kr2 finds him he's like well we have to get out of the base how are we gonna do it he just jumps and he magically gets to the yeah. surface i'm like you had to dive down there. Now you're just jumping. I know you're a common rider and you're a grasshopper, but what? <laughs> yeah, no, I do want to come. I want to circle back around that uh, to that because I, there's a funny moment that happens right after that that I think is actually, you know what? It might be. No, no, no. I was going to say I might make it my WTH, but no, no, we have too much to talk about <laughs> next episode in the WTH <laughs> section. So I do want to come back to that. But uh, but you were talking about how the shocker, uh, the shocker goons and all of them had lowered the oxygen level so that it made it hard for Taki and for Kamen Rider to fight them off in that in the base. But. I, I also noticed that none of the villains were affected by it. Yeah. It kind of made sense for but, Amazonia, but eh. If the Shocker goons are not affected by it because they're cyborgs, then why was Common Rider affected by it? Yeah, suddenly there's a... Yeah, I've, I think I was thinking about that, but at the moment... When it happened, like, oh, that's clever. And then I realized, hold on a second. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, in the moment and in the scene, it's really, really good. And it's a really tense moment and, and it adds some drama to the fight scene. I really think they did a good job with that. But within the context of the show overall, it's like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, they might have wanted to be a little bit more, uh, you know, specific about how that's supposed to work. Well, I, I'm also going to say oh, I've seen ahead. episodes of Power Rangers where they're being affected by things like gas. And all I keep thinking is, did nobody think to put, I don't know, gas filters on those helmets? Apparently not. Okay. Right. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> like, Zordon, what are you doing? <laughs> or anybody. It doesn't matter. It's Zordon or anybody. Nobody stops and thinks, hey, remember we should put... Uh, filters on the uh, on the helmets, but then again, we also have Power Rangers who can go out into the vacuum of space, and they're fine. I'm like, oh, good lord, will you make up your mind? So the helmet can uh, is fine in space, but oh my gosh, villain of the week, monster of the week's got poison gas, and we got to worry about. It. Oh my gosh, come on, whatever. <laughs> so it's not just a common writer thing. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah. This time period, we can't expect too much in continuity. Also have to remember that this show was serialized week to week, and they weren't getting a lot of reruns. So you weren't yeah. like putting two and two together necessarily. No. No. You're like, we're we're watching this and we're thinking like, oh, you know, what happened two weeks ago is the same thing, you know. Like, why aren't you applying that same logic to this episode? But kids in the day aren't thinking, oh, the thing that happened two weeks ago, you know, should have an impact on this week. It's like, no, they're just, you know, focusing on each week's episode. Yeah, basically, basically. But then we get a hilarious moment after they, uh, right after they get onto the surface. And this one almost, this one was also in contention for Kamenachia. But I ended up not using it, but that's it's because it's only really funny when I make my joke afterward, which is he sets the swimmer free and then he's trying to find the merman. And then you hear Amazonia off, you know, off in the distance. He pops up and he says, Common Rider, I've been waiting. And I put in my notes for five seconds. Because <laughs> it hasn't been yeah. that long. <laughs> it hasn't been that long. I know. I thought that same thing when I saw that line. I was like, uh, waiting. <laughs> the okay. the scene I the scene that gets me that I wanted to circle back around to, which kind of happens at the end. But so the the swimmer was captured by Shocker wearing his. Very, very shorty short swim shorts. Oh, his which speedo. I guess were, yeah, which were the fashion of the time because, I mean, that just everybody was wearing that at the time, but mm -hmm. okay. Kamen Rider rescues him. He's still wearing his speedo when Kamen Rider rescues him. And he's like, and Kamen Rider tells him, go find your sister. She's worried about you. Okay. Then we cut to him finally showing up to see his sister and he has changed clothes. So it's like you weren't so worried about your sister or wanting to see your sister so bad that you didn't bother to stop and change clothes. Okay. Priorities. I yep. see. Priorities. <laughs> yep. He's like, I can't meet my 10-year-old uh, sister wearing nothing but a Speedo, even though she probably sees this every day. 
Or she, at well, the beginning he, of the episode, she the, saw it. So, okay. Right, because he was taking her out to go swimming. So, I mean, you know, for us, the Speedo is kind of like, okay, this is a little too much. But back then, it wasn't, you know, and, and especially in Japan, it wasn't viewed as necessarily a weird swimsuit for him to wear and in other countries it's just not viewed as weird for but for us it is a little weird but but still it's just like the the priority of changing clothes before going to see the sister who's been worried sick about you this whole time i just don't understand yeah it's uh it's whatever and then the, we get uh then we get a crotch kick at least i think it looked like a crotch kick on poor amazonia and then a rider kick it was a crotch kick yep it's a good thing it wasn't the writer crotch kick. <laughs> writer crotch kick. <laughs> because uh, you're you're gonna that you're gonna sound <laughs> you're gonna sound like a little girl forever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh okay, you can cut just, this out of the. Uh, you're just gonna exploit from the loins out, so because <laughs> that's what the writer kick does again. It makes things blow up. <laughs> <laughs> explode from loins loins out um it's a loins out approach um (laughs) i think that does it for this episode i think we we can now move on to probably the episode we're going to talk about the most this week (laughs) which is our next one so all right here so let's transition transition The soaring monster Musasabido, Sorotobu Kaijin Musasabido, while chasing down Shocker's newest monster who stole a new liquid fuel, Tobei discovers a Shocker base and is captured. Nathan, I want to talk about Squirrel. Oh, Squirrel. Hi there. <laughs> <laughs> you are my best friend and I love you, Squirrel! <laughs> my master gave me a collar so I may talk. Squirrel! Hi there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, pretty uh, much sums uh, up this episode. We should title, <laughs> perhaps, we, perhaps we should title the episode The Invincible Musasabido? I would just, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know... Uh, is Squirtel, not Squirtel, Squirtel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I definitely so, want to so, stuff this thing into a Pokeball. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's the funny thing. So I have seen online and in other places uh, that this monster's name is translated to Squirtle, as in with a D, not a T, like Squirrel, but with a D, Squirtle. But it's also known as Musasa Beetle, which is the Japanese word. Well, Musasabi is the Japanese word for a specific species of flying squirrel that exists in Japan. So that's why the name is Musasabi. And I like that name much better than Squirtle. So I think I would prefer calling it Musasa Beetle. Yeah, but you can call him whatever you I like. Think, uh, I, I want to the, also I, call him Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, uh, Five Nights at Squirrelies. 
Guys. <laughs> yeah, Five Nights at Squirrelies. Because uh, he looks like, I'm sorry, oh he looks like a giant killer plushie. <laughs> he looks like if Chuck E. Cheese was possessed by a demon and decided to try to eat children. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how you can see because he has the narrowest eyes. It looks like he's constantly squinting. It's like, how can you see anything? <laughs> he is he is so plush. He is the fur is so plush. He's so fluffy. <laughs> so fluffy. <laughs> it is ridiculous. It's so how... fluffy, I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> this this I mean, we've talked about ridiculous costumes. Like, we're talking about, like, wait, the woman. Wait, we've wait, talked wait, about... Wait, 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 I know. I mean, we see his birth at the beginning, but that can't be what actually happened. You know, you know that some shocker goon walked into a Build-A-Bear and made this thing. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's just it's a, the the shocker leader is just walking by and sees build a bear finally <laughs> and just runs in and starts putting together this thing and they're like what are you doing <laughs> shut up and then he makes it's like what's that your death and then he goes over and kills the owner and just walks out this this thing is like i i get like i was saying we we've talked about ridiculous monsters we've had some really ridiculous monsters we've had cactagron we've had bee woman we've had some this one this one i think in my book at least takes the cake there is <laughs> nothing more ridiculous than this giant flying squirrel yeah. monster with a very limp tail that just flops around every time he kicks and fights and stuff and then he has the ability to fly that's the whole point of being a flying squirrel he has the ability to fly but when he flies <laughs> it sounds how'd you describe how'd you describe it in your notes I, uh he sounds like a farting indie car <laughs> it sounds like a farting he's just <laughs> 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 I mean, this it's monster. It's, a ridic it's ridiculous enough how in some kaiju movies, when you have flying kaiju, that they sound like jet plates. But at least they sound like jet plates. <laughs> what is this? This, this is, is this is this is this thing Squirrel Girl's obnoxious brother or something. <laughs> A villainous brother it's just evil cousin <laughs> i just i don't know because i wanted to come up with some sort of you know squirrel girl reference for our episode title but i'm just like i can't make it work because squirrel girl is such a funny sounding name and just as and then there's this this is this is Squirrel Girl sidekick gone bad. No, this is one of her squirrel, one of the little squirrels that hangs out with her because she's had two of them. It's like Tippy Toe right. and something. Tippy Toe, Monkey Joe, Monkey, Monkey Joe, Joe, yeah, died. Monkey Joe and Tippy Toe. One of them died. R.I.P. Monkey Joe. Yeah, Monkey Joe. Well, this apparently what happened was Shocker found Monkey Joe and exposed him to a bunch of radiation, and now he is this giant flying this is, rain this is, squirrel. <laughs> 
<laughs> giant flying rage squirrel is exactly <laughs> the way to describe this thing. It is a no, flying a giant rage squirrel. A giant flatulence powered <laughs> rage squirrel. <laughs> Oh man! It, you know it's, how it's just a, you know how in Roger Ebert's review of Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, he made a joke about <laughs> about Gamera being powered by flatulence. I think that's actually what's going on here, except he doesn't light it. <laughs> this this is like, like Roger Corman's live giant action score. <laughs> I can keep pouring it on. This is like Roger Corman's version of a live action Easter bunny movie. What <laughs> in the world is this thing? Have you ever seen Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny? Yes, I have. That's what this is. <laughs> this is like the rabbit from Donnie Darko, but somehow more terrifying. <laughs> 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 and all the Rift Tracks fans are happy right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this this thing, I, I don't even know. I don't want to talk about the rest of the episode. I just want to talk about this. Because, like, what? I, I mean, I, and I knew this was coming. I, I knew this. I have too. seen the show. <laughs> I've, I knew it was coming too because I looked ahead a little bit. And I'm like, oh, and you warned me. You warned me. I think in a when we were making jokes about the chipmunk stuff that they were doing in some of the episodes. I'm like, why isn't there a chipmunk monster? You said it's coming, March. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there's a chipmunk monster. <laughs> Of course, this thing, this thing, this thing is so crazy. Um, I mean, okay, so we have to talk about. Okay, we have also, to actually he's talk ridiculously, about the He's like scary buff, and he looks really mean. He doesn't have yes. buff teeth. He just has fangs. <laughs> he just has fangs. They're not. They're not squirrel-like teeth. They're not rodent teeth. They are just two really sharp fangs that just stick out of his, the top jaw in his, in his overbite. Oh, and, and it looks like uh, he, has, he has whiskers. And it looks like he has little flowers on the whiskers. <laughs> yeah, little yellow flowers. Like, like, what the frick is this? <laughs> it is so, so crazy. But we actually I, have to talk about the episode. Yeah, we I mean, I'm just I'm telling you. I'm telling Nathan, you we have to actually talk about the episode. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand. I'm just saying, if we were to do something like, like a wrap-up episode for this series and we did, like, top 10 most ridiculous kaijin, I think he's probably going to be number one. <laughs> Oh, we have to. We're going to do it. We've got to do it. We're going to do like a like a top ten best and worst monsters in this original common uh, writer series. Oh my gosh! Anyway, yeah, we actually need to talk uh, about other things in this episode. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so the plot here is they're trying to steal this new liquid fuel, which was invented to be able to take men to Mars, yes. which is. Don't think the fuel is the reason why we haven't gone to Mars yet, but okay. Um, it was the seventies. They just got to the moon. Yeah, the suitcase. There's a suitcase <laughs> full of highly explosive material, and 
every fight scene, they are tossing this suitcase around and whacking each other with it and hitting people over the head with it. And it's like, for being a suitcase full of extremely volatile, explosive material, they sure do treat it like it's nothing. (laughs) I'm guessing it's only explosive when hot. I guess, but I wouldn't take the chance. Yeah. Or maybe it's the. But then uh, it does, but it explodes at the end of the episode. This is true. But, for no but reason. That was after, but that was after you know, Rage Squirrel got hit with the writer kick. So I don't know if it was the fuel or the writer kick. Oh, uh, it's just, just. I was just like watching this, like, re- why are you the- whacking someone with like extremely volatile liquid why i I, maybe it's the briefcase from pulp fiction (laughs) yeah maybe maybe. Um, yes listeners i just connected common writer to pulp fiction you're welcome and this but say say, henshin one more time And we have a meme. <laughs> There's the meme <laughs> for this week's episode. Probably one of several. There you go. I'm probably going to make a ton of memes out of <laughs> Rage Squirrel. I'm just going to call him Rage Squirrel right now. <laughs> oh, God. Flying uh, Rage yeah, Squirrel. There's, there's, there's so much <laughs> meme opportunity with, with this guy. Oh, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'll here. You've heard of comic relief. I'm going to do serious relief here and I'm going to put on my English major hat for a second here and talk about how I noted that we have these scientists who invent, have invented something that is meant for the scientific advancement of mankind and someone else is trying to weaponize it. That is a very common theme in a lot of science fiction, particularly Japanese science fiction tokusatsu. It's very Honda-esque. So that was something that he was very much concerned about back in the golden age of the Showa era in the 50s and the 60s. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. And and it's a theme that we have seen in this show before, you know, when we've talked about the laser that turns you into plastic bones before in, in a previous episode, you know, that this this is a theme that does run through Common Rider a good bit. So I like that we are bringing that theme back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the f- giant flying rage squirrel showed up. <laughs> now, I will say that, again, even though this monster is absolutely ridiculous, there is a shot at the beginning of this episode when Musasa Beetle first awakens and he stands up and behind him, like he's ridiculous, but behind him on the wall of the shocker base is painted this huge mural of Musasa Beetle. And it is the most frightening, <laughs> just ridiculous, just heavy metal album looking <laughs> painting of an evil flying squirrel that you've ever seen. And having that framed behind the ridiculous, fluffy Chuck E. Cheese monster that we get is just the best shot in this entire episode. I just probably the entire series. I love that shot so much. I sent it to you in yeah. private in a text. I just screenshot I, uh, it and was I, like, uh, I, I love this shot. I think I'm going to meme that. I'm just. <laughs> 
just like it is it is the best shot in this entire show and it, and that that the fact that they went through all the trouble of painting that ridiculous mural on the wall is just so great i love it i love that <laughs> yeah that, that's pretty good i was just i think i was just so in shock of that thing <laughs> that i'm just like oh i didn't quite i didn't quite register but they try they try so hard they try so hard to make a giant squirrel scary. They try so hard. <laughs> and now we've also been talking. We've also been talking a lot lately about how, or I have, how Shocker's plans are getting smarter. Like they are getting, they're getting more intelligent with the way that they do their plans. And when they are, when they're running from. Hayato with the briefcase full of explosive material that they've just whacked around and beaten people up with. They go through a tunnel and Hayato continues to chase the shocker goons on the motorcycles while Musasa Beetle escapes with the briefcase. I thought that was really smart because then you're actually showing like, oh, they're putting some thought into actually a, a, a diversion to distract him from them it doesn't last very long doesn't work very well but it, it at least is showing that they're putting some thought into their plans mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. another you know something else i noticed in the fight scenes apparently hayato is not beyond literally dirty tactics <laughs> now it's clever i'll say that because He's, you know, Musasa Bido, Rage Squirrel, has the briefcase. He's like, hey, you can't have it. You got to go away. He's like, fine, I'll go. And then as he's going away, he revs Cyclone, and then the back wheel kicks up dirt, and it goes right into the face of a shocker goon, and then he starts punt, uh, beating him up and, and you know, again. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, so I wrote my uh, yeah. so I wrote my notes, you know, uh, you know KR2 revs dirt in his eye. You know, it was <laughs> clever yeah. but it's also yeah, dirty it's, uh, literally so. yeah well hayato he's serious when it comes to taking down the the shocker goons yeah we're reminded of that at the end of every episode because he is constantly renewing his determination to take out shocker like we get it okay yeah. <laughs> the giant yeah. flying rage squirrel made him renew his resolve you know, another thing that's crazy business where we're talking about the fuel. You know, another thing that's crazy about it. Apparently, you can add one little thing to it and it turns it into water. Magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just turns it into water. That was another, uh, again, shocker plan. It kind of has some intelligence. They actually go in disguised as scientists and then open up a box full of smoke <laughs> to distract while they escape with the, with the, the fuel. Yeah, basically, it was a it was a it was a pretty fun scene of them sneaking in, you know, disguised as like radiologists or some kind of scientists. <laughs> was that around the same time when Taki literally just boots a couple of shocker goons out like they're a pair of drunks at a bar? Like he's so nonchalant. Probably, he yeah. Takes him over to the door. And yeah, he, he boots them and it's just like, get out of here. I'm like, I think I'd be taking those things a little bit more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also get not one but two different times in this episode or two different or two separate kidnappings of some of the writer team 
<laughs> Except I feel like I missed one of them because I wrote down, I was like, did I miss the part where the writer crew got captured? <laughs> so which ones did you miss? The, the I girls don't know. or, or I feel, Tasha I think it was the I think it was toward the end of the episode. So I was like, did I miss the second one? Did I miss something? Was I, did I see, did they seriously yeah, get captured in the five seconds I was looking down, typing a note? <laughs> Cause there's a scene where Goro, who again, continues to be one of the best side characters in this um, next to uh, after Tachibana, because I just love that little sassy kid, but you have him and two of the writer girls who are there because they're in a Hokkaido. We haven't even been talking about they're in a Hokkaido yeah. in this episode again. Yeah, because Shocker's uh, evil plan is to use the fuel to blow up Sapporo. Yes, yes, the uranium mine. Yeah, they want to use the special rocket fuel as a bomb. Right. And so the, so the writer girls and Goro are there and they decide after... Taki and Hayato have captured a couple of the writer goons in a closet. They decide that they're going to try to get them to show them where the base is. And so they're driving in a car holding a stick and a knife up to the back of these guys, these, these goons and telling them to drive them to where the shocker base is. But the writer, the, the shocker goons slam on brakes it throw the the girls lose their stick and their in their knife and then the they're captured mm-hmm. so that's how that's how they get captured mm-hmm. uh tachibana flies up to hokkaido to try to help hayato he sees when mosasa beetle separates from the other rider goons and he sees Hay- hayato chasing after the wrong people being distracted like we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. and so tachibana follows musasa beetle but ends up getting captured because musasa beetle we haven't talked about has the power to fly at supersonic speeds and create basically like a whirlpool of wind (laughs) i guess that can kill a person i guess it just makes it look like that they're tripping i just (laughs) Yeah, it looks like they're being because like, the way that they uh, the way that the, uh, this effect is communicated on screen is that they just put a, a spinning spiral on the screen and kind of phase it in. That's supposed to be indicating that they're getting dizzy or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's how Tachibana is captured, and then the uh, the writer girls and Goro are captured. So you have both of them captured. Both, you know, there, there's two separate people that Hayato now has to rescue from Shocker. He does it. It's not not very difficult. I like how he just jumps up an entire mountain in one <laughs> jump. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we have to we have to include how the final fight ends up leading to the rider kick, which leads to Squirtle or Misasa Beetle, whatever you want to call him, Angry Squirrel, and just he he lands on the rocket fuel, which then explodes and blows up half a mountain. Yep. And before that, we had I, I actually this was one of the things that was in contention for a Henshin Kick, but the we had a really cool fight scene on the side of a mountain, and I'm thinking, man, that can't have been easy. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it can't have been easy to film. So yeah. uh, then, yeah, rider kick into the fuel and it explodes. And I don't know what caused the explosion. 
And with that, I think we can now move on to our awards this week because, man, I really want to get to the What the Henshin Award. (laughs) (laughs) But first, we have to do the Henshin Kick Award, our award for the best action sequence or stunt in this week's episodes. I, I guess I'd almost had the fight on the side of the mountain, but what I ended up going with was I called it the Motorcycle Derby in episode 23 because I thought that was actually pretty cool because they're actually doing a sequence where KR2 and the Shocker Goons are running around on motorcycles and trying to take each other out and they're crashing the motorcycles into each other and stuff and it was fun. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. I love the motorcycle stunts that whenever they do the motorcycle stunts because uh, they, they can't do a lot of them because of how dangerous they are and the low budget. But when they do some really great motorcycle stunts, they're, they're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. What'd you have? So mine, I already talked about it a little bit, but the underwater fight scenes from the first episode that we talked about this week, like I said, there's, there's so many horror stories out there of the people wearing kaiju suits in these kaiju films who, who just nearly drown during the water scenes because of how heavy the suits are. And then to see them go full on water fights and underwater with the common Rider suit and the, and the Kaijin suit of the week. I, I just, yeah, I, I want to give them praise. Like I said, I always, I always use this award to praise the actual stunt work and the, and the work of the stunt the people who worked in the stunt work, like whether they were stunt doubles or whether they were the actors just doing their stunts, because the, this was the seventies. There wasn't a lot of safety involved in making sure these actors don't get super injured. And so (laughs) them willing to put themselves. We we know about that. Hence why we have a second common writer. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, uh, so I love highlighting those moments and that, that was the, parts that stood out to me this week Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then we have talking to the best special effect mine is along what you were talking about i think it's cool that they actually built an underwater version of the common rider suit in episode 22 that was either a completely new suit or they modified one that was already existed yeah yeah it's it's really cool i'm sorry daisy Yeah, so my award for this this week is definitely the Exploding Mountain because not only was it just a really cool pyrotechnics effect, but it just kept going. Like the, like there was not just one explosion. There was multiple explosions, and they were just like back to back to back, and they just kept going, and I just they kept getting bigger, and there was just sparks just shooting out everywhere. It was just probably the most dazzling pyrotechnics effect that we've had so far in the show and i just loved it so Mm -hmm. yeah that was the effect i went very cool practical effect Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then next up we have the kamenacho war for the best line this one it's funny because i think it's incredibly rude and it's from tachibana and i'm just like tachibana what the heck happened to you you're much less of a mentor now i miss when you were obi-wan kenobi not when you're I, I, it was rude, sarcastic man. I mean, <laughs> I, I was having yeah. a hard time coming up with a comparison, but he, oh my gosh, it's at the end of 23 and him and it's after the mountain has exploded 
And all the characters, writer girls and all, are wondering, it's like, oh my gosh, did Kamen Rider get out? And they're trying to say, oh no, Kamen Rider's fine. And then Tachibana tells the two writer girls there, with idiots like you around, even Kamen Rider might have a rough time. It's like, what the frick, man? It's, you said yeah. the quiet part out loud. What the heck? I know you and I, we've been, te- <laughs> we've been teasing the writer girls for being ditzy, but you don't say that, that to them. <laughs> it's like, Tashibana, that's an inside thought. Inside <laughs> <Yeah>. thought. <laughs> what the heck, man? I, just rude. Rude. Anyway, what'd you have? I had a moment where when Kamen Rider shows up to the underwater base in the first episode that we talked about and Amazonia comes out and, you know, says, ah, you've made it here, Kamen Rider or something like that. But the next line is, this will be where your grave lies. (laughs) And I just thought that was like just a just a a great villain line to say. I thought about that when you are this will be your grave. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is a pretty good villain line okay yeah and now we get to wgh I, what the henshin i actually have one thing specifically but to be honest after our discussion i don't know if i could just stick with just that one thing i have to agree with you yeah, travis i'm looking at your notes just musasa yeah, my- just everything <laughs> everything everything about him just everything i mean we we talked for like 15 minutes and about this monster but uh just everything about him is is a what what the henshin because like just it is it, to the 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 plushy looking animatronic chucky chi evil like mickey mouse design <laughs> to his flying to the sound effects he makes to just just everything i just i i just can't hashtag i just can't <laughs> this this is this is either one of the greatest moments in television history or or probably or one of the worst i don't know which it's 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 definitely memorable it is transcendent do do you think musasa beetle has a chance of returning in shin common rider next uh, in a couple of years i will sign that petition I mean, no, I'm starting it right now. I'm starting the hashtag right now. Hashtag Flying Squirtle or Musasabito, whichever name you prefer, for Shin Kamen Rider. Right now. <laughs> I want him to be like, yeah, I want him to be like some evil furry who got turned into a cyborg, or I or I want him to literally be a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic that Shocker just steals and weaponizes. Because this would be oh, man. amazing. <laughs> if this guy was a furry who got transformed to a cyborg, would he start out with a costume that's a little bit friendlier looking? Yes. Or would he just look like this and then just just be ter- all the transformation is internal? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. And then he can just go around and people are like you're just wearing your costume yes and now you die (laughs) you're just wearing your fetish costume out in public okay we well we'll just have to have a conversation about that later (laughs) (laughs) and then he 
just like, I was going to bring this up for the first episode. He just does his little, like, you know, Zeke shocker salute and starts murdering people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and like, if you didn't know that shocker was evil enough, you know, like the, the fact that they do the, they do the Nazi salute. Uh, it's just, yeah. Anyway. I think that that is where we can move on to our minute to hinge it. Do you want to go first this week or shall I? I'll go first if you don't mind. All right. On your mark, get set, go. Okay. While I'm still sitting here fighting my cat, while she's rubbing her face on the microphone, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, these two episodes are not necessarily the greatest in the world, but man, just don't, don't even, don't even bother listening to what I have to say. Just go and watch the Musasa Beetle episode. It is just the funniest, most ridiculous thing. Go, go look at this monster. He's ridiculous. And that's all I have to say. I don't know what else to say. You basically had about 30 seconds left there. <laughs> You're going to be yeah. thinking a lot. Because I don't, I just, what else is there to say? Just go look at this monster. Go watch this episode and see, see the, the ridiculousness that is Musasa Beetle. Uh, yeah. All right. And now it's my turn. On my mark, get set, go. Musasa Beetle. That is all. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there, I finally beat you. Like, who cares about Amazonia kidnapping like Olympic swimmers? Who cares about Musasa Beetle exists? <laughs> who cares about anything else? There is nothing else happening this week. It is only that. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. It might even overshadow all the news about Shed Common Rider. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, oh man God. okay and okay. with that i'm gonna say thank you for listening to the henshin men a tokusatsu appreciation podcast you can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode you can listen to more of me on the kaiju weekly podcast and listen to more of nathan on the monster island film vault if you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Speaking like of which, our, Tra well, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Speaking of which, Travis. That's what I was fixing to say. That's what I was fixing to say. You interrupted me. Sorry, do it, do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. No, yeah, I was going to say, like this person who I need to pull up on here because I, I exited out of it. I okay, it. it's uh, I got it. I got it too. I got it too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, wait, my phone stopped. No. Okay, go ahead. I don't know how much of this is getting kept. All right. Yeah, speaking of which, we got a new five star review this week, Travis from Toku Punk. I've actually had a little bit of interaction with Toku Punk. He joined my MIFV anniversary stream, and I think he actually discovered the show because I posted our trailer on the MIFV YouTube channel. Although I have to admit, he has a, an interesting review. Holy run-on sentence, Batman. <laughs> I don't say that to be mean to you, Mr. Tokupunk. But he says, if you're sick of terrible tokusatsu podcasts like Tokucast and Let's Talk Toku, then y'all got to listen to Henshin Men, a podcast with two hosts who actually know what they're talking about and are not boring and are very fun hosts 
who are very interesting to hear and give facts about the episodes and share their opinions who are not dumb looking at you, TokuCast. So far, they have they only are currently doing Common Rider Ijigo. So you know, talking about this show. 14 episodes in. I can't wait to see what they do next with the podcast. And I'm just sitting here thinking, did TokuCast kill your dummy? Your your dog? I just- <laughs> Yeah. Oh, justice for dummy. <laughs> justice for dummy. Uh, it, it never goes away. The pain, the pain of of dummy's death hasn't gone away even after nope. all these episodes. Nope. Now, thank you so much, Toku Punk, for giving us and and we don't know Toku Cast or Let's Talk Toku, which is the two that he mentions in his review. We don't know them personally or anything, but we are glad that we can bring some nice Toku content and we actually know what we're talking about to a certain extent. I'm glad that that you appreciate that because yeah, I do pride myself on not only do I know you know, a good bit about Common Rider because I, I am a fan of Common Rider, but I also try to do as much research as I can each week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try to bring that into the show. So I'm glad that that he appreciates that. But yeah, that's that's great. And if and if you listener want to give us a five star rating on iTunes and a review to go along with it, we will read it out on the podcast, just like we just did. Mm-hmm. And until next time, Nathan, what are we gonna say? I bet the Cyclone has a Harley-Davidson Henshin cam engine.